Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week in Hourgast, we've got Nighthawks and The Hitcher. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. Gotta know what sure. they're doing, eh? Yeah, eh? <laughs> I would assume that the Canadian, uh, uh, I'm not even sure, what what the hell is you guys' NSA called? I think it's just a division of... Oh, it's probably CSIS, I guess. Which is our spy agency. Probably a division of that. CSIS? CSIS? Canadian yeah. spy. And then, I don't know what the other letters say, stand yeah. for. It's probably the French. I'm, I'm assuming they're just listening in and checking to make sure everyone's being polite. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to this one guy. He was being really rude, eh? We need to go get him. <laughs> they were... They were sponsoring terrorists, but they were being real rude about it. Oh my god, no. Okay, no, it's hemoglobin. Oh, thank god I misread that. I thought I thought I saw that he was in a movie called Hemogoblin. And I was going to be like, oh no. Oh no, it's the name of one of the most offensive comic book characters of all time. Alright. Doug, do you understand Are the you- nerd shit he's talking about? Nope. So, Hemogoblin was a super Nazi vampire uh, who had AIDS. Okay. And and it was during the time when people didn't talk about that kind of things in comic books, and so the AIDS thing was really touchy. And then, whenever it's revealed that he has AIDS, it's revealed that he spread AIDS to a couple superheroes. And do you want to guess what was special about one of the superheroes that contracted AIDS in the comic books? That he was gay? He was the only gay character uh. in their entire stable. And they gave him AIDS. Alright. Hey, hey, Brian. I still have no idea what he's talking about. Yeah, no, I was just saying, from now on, when you say you don't have any idea what he's talking about, you got to be more clear and make sure he understands that you don't want to know. Because <laughs> this is partly your fault for giving him the impression yeah. that he should explain it. Yeah, could be worse. I guess. Uh, and by worse, I mean, we could be hitchhiking and pick up Rutger Hauer. Am I right? Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Why don't you give us a plot description so that uh, we'll all understand your transition better? You're gonna miss you're gonna you're gonna regret that. 
<laughs> so yeah, see Thomas Howells driving a car through the desert, picks up a guy. Guy turns out to be a real dick and threatens to kill him with a knife. Pushes him out of the car. And the guy's like, well, that wasn't very nice. So then he spends the next couple days just following him and ruining his life. So, oh, wait, just based on, your, based on your plot description, you feel like the only reason he ruined his life was because he was rude to him during the attempted murder <laughs> that kicked off the whole thing? Uh, sure. <laughs> That's where you think things went wrong? Probably. All right. Some of us may have a, uh, a different interpretation. <laughs> oh, really? so we, should, we will discuss it. Uh, discuss it further and see how that goes. <laughs> I, I maybe look. Maybe I'm on the uh, an outlier here, but I always interpreted Rutger Hauer to be the villain of the movie. I don't know. Oh, well, that changes that completely. <laughs> It's a really different perspective, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. He pretty much frames C. Thomas Owl, who uh, the police are now after for killing a bunch of uh, random people. And uh, no matter what Rucker or C. Thomas Owl tries to do, Rucker Howard seems to still show up and uh, cause havoc. Yeah, it's kind of like people. dual. But with Rudger Hauer in it, so it's better. Ooh, that's, that's not a fair. That that's not a fair discussion to have. They're two very different films. Uh, I believe addition of Rudger Hauer makes it better, sir. I believe that you're being unnecessarily combative. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true, you son of a bitch. <laughs> we'll get into it because this was my first time watching this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. And well, right away. I was yeah, not a let us know of it. Oh, what really? The fuck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, just, I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me. <clears throat> no, I think the problem may be that I've seen like every sort of parody of this, and That's even plausible. other movies that have flat out ripped it off, such as Joyride, which I really enjoy. And so maybe I just wasn't excited about anything because I've already seen it like a billion times. Oh, man. See, this was a great one because it used to... Uh, I, it's an HBO movie, right? Pretty sure it is. Yes. Uh, which is weird because every time I remember watching it, I remember watching it on Cinemax. Which is strange. Well, HBO I, and Cinemax, so... Right. I don't but, know if they uh, did back then, but they do now at least. Right. But, uh, yeah. No, it's such a good movie. I just, I don't even understand. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I, it, I think it's, I think a lot of it is just because I've seen this done in other movies and parodied and whatever else. So, it just, I don't know. Nothing was exciting to me. Nothing was surprising. Really? Not even whenever he ripped the fucking girlfriend in half? No. For some reason, I kind of was knew that was going to happen. And I mean, maybe I, someone spoiled it for me forever ago. So I don't know. I don't. I just rewatched that scene before we started recording, and I got to say, I still find it kind of shocking, even when I specifically put in the DVD and flipped to that scene so I could watch it. Like, I think the execution of it 
and by execution I basically mean Rutger Hauer's performance <laughs> is just so strong and I think it just really works well oh yeah no Rutger Hauer is fantastic in this movie like this is I just feel like I got Rutger nothing Hauer. out of the story whatsoever and um, I don't know. one of the compliments I can give it is it literally just jumps right in yeah no like setup like why is C. Thomas out driving through the desert none of that it's literally credits are rolling he sees Rutger Hauer and pulls over then fucking pulls a knife on him I, when just, the, uh, I love the fact that uh, the, the Hitcher character Rutger Hauer's character tells him right at the beginning of the movie what he's doing and what's going to happen and then it just and it and really there's no twist to it that's what happens like yeah he just gets in with every intention of destroying that guy and he sets forth to it it's really impressive how long C. Thomas Howell manages to survive considering <laughs> he, he was you know just obviously the last people and the next people did not make it so mm-hmm. even the cops yeah, but- who arrested him did not make it Wakes no. up in a jail cell and the entire police station's dead. To your point about how quickly they jump into it, there is a, a gas station that's exploded. And I remember when that <laughs> happened as I was watching it, having not seen this in a while, I'm like, that seems early for things to be blowing up. So I checked and we were like 22 minutes into the movie. And that's when the first building exploded. <laughs> yeah, I did think that was kind of crazy. But there's just yeah. so many great moments in this movie. The first one that always catches me is because that opening little bit where he picks him up, obviously Rutger Hauer giving the speech about how I'm going to cut you up and kill you is creepy as shit because it's Rutger mm-hmm. Hauer. But then he just kind of tosses him out the car, and I'm like, well, that that's pretty corny looking. But then when the when that car pulls up and the kids are waving and Rutger Hauer's there with the fucking teddy bear... I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, that is so creepy. <laughs> and it's just, it just starts with those moments, and they just keep happening throughout all. I like the fact that, too, that, uh, that the Hitcher's motivations are really interesting. <laughs> and the fact that he, he spells it out at the beginning that all he wants is for somebody to stop him from continuing to do all this shit. And and basically, it's the uh, whatever the fuck his name is, Dime Store Michael from uh, Lost Boys. It's like the skinnier, worse version of Michael. You talk about uh, Michael's name, and you're calling him the B. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Jason Patrick, and this is C. Thomas Howell. But yes. it's it's just the fact that basically he tell he tells him like you know you're gonna have to stop me and then the fact that he keeps not stopping him and he's like alright well I'm going to kill a bunch more fucking people then <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair he does try to shoot him just turns out there's no bullets in the gun yeah he tries lots of different stuff none of it seems to really work out no I will say like if, if we're looking for criticisms of the movie I think C. Thomas Howell's like 
weird random guy driving a car across the desert suddenly becomes an action hero about halfway through the movie <laughs> and he's in shootouts with the police officers and everything and it's like i feel like if this movie hadn't been made in the 80s there wouldn't be a shootout with the cops right now and those two cars wouldn't have flipped over for no reason <laughs> because of those random like car ramps that were hidden all over the highways in the southern u.s throughout the 80s oh, caused all the cars the to flip stuff. over I did feel like some of that stuff was a bit cheesy and it takes away from how intimidating Howard's performance is mm-hmm. as if this had been more of a straightforward thriller horror movie I think I might have actually enjoyed it more and I'm a, and I'm a fan of the movie I'm not yeah. not on Brian's team here I'm just sort of offering some perspective and uh yeah then a fucking helicopter gets involved yeah in all that chaos and nonsense so good <laughs> but, but Rutger Hauer though like there's just so many of those moments where he's just so creepy and weird and Rutger Hauer this is the epitome of like who he is as an actor it's just that scene where he like goes into bed and lays down with Jennifer Jason Lee's character yeah, <laughs> he like just creepy. creeps in while she's asleep and lays beside her for a while before he kidnaps her Oh, knowing full it. well that his intention is to rip her in half using two trucks but he still just wants to take a little rest with her first <laughs> creepy son of a bitch or whenever he bumps into him with the uh, in the garage and he gives him his keys back yeah and he's just so fucking nonchalant about it he's like alright well <laughs> game, a, game on bitch <laughs> there's, a, there's a moment during the big police chase scene and I'm like thinking okay this is a little bit like cheesy and you know, and then all of a sudden, like Rutger Hauer's in the background, like driving his truck alongside, like keeping up, causing havoc. And you just see him casually lighting a smoke while he's driving in the middle of this scene with everybody else, like flipping their cars and shit. And I'm like, yep, there he is. <laughs> fucking nuts. Determined, maybe I don't like see Thomas Howell in this movie. I think his character's kind of whiny. Okay, I don't think that's a fair criticism of the character. I, I have some criticisms of his performance. I think he gets... Uh, it's pretty cheesy and in some cases over the top. But I don't think you're allowed to call him whiny considering what he's going through. <laughs> I'm not sure if there's a limit to how much whining is deemed appropriate when this well, is happening. The big thing is there's lots of scenes of him just going, No! Yeah. And it's like, come no. on. As an actor, he can't handle that performance. And also, this goes back to my point that I stumbled across the first time I tried to discuss uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine with somebody. I think you can only have your character like look up and yell, no, once per movie before it just becomes annoying. Yeah, the different <laughs> ripped in half scene was their scene. They should have like yeah. slept it at that. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and I, again, I think a lot of that that middle ground stuff is 80s action movie stuff that doesn't necessarily belong in this horror thriller film but in the 80s you couldn't make a slow paced movie where these two guys are just playing cat and mouse the way they could have in the 70s or they could today so they had to add in a lot of this stuff because even the stuff with the cops like it starts off really cool like see Thomas Hall tries to turn himself in at one point and you have that I think it's a really cool scene where the cop is like he's like hey when you were talking there you spit on my sleeve it's like wipe it off wipe it off and it's like you have to take that second to think about like oh he's trying to get him to reach forward so that he can have a clean shoot right he's trying to murder the guy 
and it's like that's a cool moment and it leads to the Jennifer Jason Lee's character doing her switch and joining sides with C. Thomas Howell um, but then it leads into this kind of cheesiness afterwards where I'm like okay again they're scared to keep this as a dark scary movie in, uh, in the modern context too I kind of I find that scene interesting because I know a bunch of douchebags that if I were to have them watch this movie they would go oh PC shit you know, the cop trying to fucking get a dude to do something just so he can fucking shoot him and be like, this is made in the 80s, you prick. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just well, a dickhead cop who wants to kill a guy. That's 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 the well, message. And he believes that, he does believe that that cop, he's that that guy is a cop killer. So it's not right. uncommon, especially in the context of movies, to just say, like, yeah, cops want to kill anybody who they think is a cop killer. I don't think that's a, a ridiculous stance to take. Right. As a matter of fact, he's by '80s standards. The fact that he tried to find an excuse to shoot him instead of just blowing up that bus with a bunch of innocent people on it—it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, what the hell did the he say he was doing? Was it like a right away or? Yeah, basically. To, I, like I don't understand what that is. Somebody wants their car delivered, so they get like. Mm someone else give them a couple of bucks and you drive their car across to wherever okay it's what happened in the fresh prince of bel-air at that time where will and carlton got arrested for trying to drive uncle phil's car down to florida or whatever oh okay it's a it's a thing that exists in movies i don't know that i've ever met anyone who's done this in real life where you give your keys to your car to a stranger and ask them to meet you halfway across the country (laughs) yeah but Seems a it does. It, it does happen in a lot of movies and TV shows, so it must be a real thing. It's to some extent. And I mean, after you know the gas station explosion where the car was half on fire, I would just assume, yeah, this dude's gonna be real pissed when I meet up with him. Yeah, yeah. But again, I think, given the circumstances, I'm not sure if C. Thomas Howell was worried about that at that point. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I was I'm surprised you didn't like this more. I... Yeah, I don't know. I was just dis- disappointed that I didn't enjoy it more myself. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it's it's creepy. It's got a good flow to it. And then he shotguns the living sh- shit out of him at the end of the movie. I always <laughs> love a scene of somebody shotgunning the shit out of somebody. Hmm. I, again, it's a little cheesy in the 80s is when he just like see Thomas Howell's like like kidnaps another cop it's like the third cop he's kidnapped in this movie <laughs> just so that he can like go back and kill Rutger Hauer and you're just like ah. like they you would think that you could get your writers to write a more natural way for them to end up in a final conflict yeah yeah, you would assume the argument of uh, no, I swear it's not me, but you've already kidnapped like two cops so far, so yeah. I don't know why you think I should believe you. The number of crimes that C. Thomas Howell commits in his attempt to prove how innocent he is is fascinating. <laughs> like you did have a shootout with the cops, you're going to get charged with something at the end of that, regardless of whether you're innocent of the underlying crime. Mm-hmm. 
contrary to popular opinion, you can be convicted of follow-up crimes even if there was no underlying crime. <laughs> I love I love the fact too that the the breaking point of everything switching isn't like one of these slow reveals where there's like, you know, there's one cop that believes him. No, it's like none of them believe them and then all of a sudden they catch him and they're like, "Ah, so we're not actually going to arrest you." So it turns out there is a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> and your girlfriend's uh, chained up to a uh, semi-trailer, and she's gonna die. Yeah, we the cop fucked about this it. up. We fucked I, this up pretty bad. I love that moment because I love the fact that the cops are literally just like, we can't do anything. Like, we can't shoot him. That would cause her to die. He's asking for you to get in there. So, could you? Give give it a shot, I guess. I we don't. Well, and he's like, "Do you have any advice on what I should say to him?" No, no. There's nothing in the manual for this. One. Just climb in the cab of that truck with that psychopath who's been torturing you for about a day and a half now, and uh, we'll see how it goes. So <laughs> curious. Rugger Howard's acting in that seems so fucking good too. Of yep. just how fucking disappointing pointed he is in, in the other character for not shooting him. Yeah. He's just, he's very frustrated. It's kind of funny. It's, it, this to me, to me, this is peak Howard. This is probably his, it's his most well-known performance for sure. And I think it's... What? His, what? No, you don't, but Blade Runner. Blade, okay, Blade Runner. <laughs> Fair. This is this is probably number two, but but Blade Runner is it, de- definitely it, in my sick, twisted little world full of weirdo horror fans. This one is more well known than Blade Runner, but <laughs> I can understand that in mainstream society. The rest of you normies probably think Blade Runner was a bigger movie than this. <laughs> oh, I mean, I did use his his tears and rain speech at the beginning of the last episode. So nice, yeah. All right. Well, anything? Any any parting thoughts on the Hitcher? I don't know. I I agree with Doug. I'm I'm sad that you didn't like this movie more. It's <laughs> it's a really good movie. Yeah. I I'm I'm frankly I'm quite surprised. It's a little. Because, go ahead. Uh, go, go ahead. I was going to say it's a little it's a little dry for an '80s horror movie. I think like. You know what I mean? Even though it's got its over-the-top moments and stuff, it feels like this movie in another universe would be a lot more blood and guts and that kind uh, of stuff, but that's not really what they went for. I don't think they really held back on that, with the exception of the girl getting ripped in half scene. Most of the stuff that happens we see on camera. There's plenty of blood flying when people get shot and stuff. Like yeah, but that's like, that's like squibby action blood. I'm talking more... Yeah, stabbing gross blood. If that makes sense, that's like that's where I think the the criticism of the film for me is. Uh, C. Thomas Hall's performance is not he's not capable of keeping up with Rutger Hauer at all, uh, and I do think it it veers a little too much into action movie territory for my personal taste. But I don't think any of it's really done poorly. I just think it's I'd rather it maintain a slightly more serious tone. Um, but. Yeah, I'm especially surprised with Brian with you saying that you liked like Joyride and stuff, which I agree, I like that movie as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
you would think going back and watching sort of the original version of that would be I don't know I, I would think you would prefer this movie to that movie but mm-hmm. yeah I don't know I'd be willing to rewatch it at some point see if I change my mind but yeah. I, yeah. I was getting ready to say you know what I think other actors not being able to keep up with Rudger Hauer is going to be a running theme of every fucking Rudger Hauer movie we do <laughs> Hey, Terry O'Quinn did a pretty good job last week. In the next movie, it's going to be that literally. I'll explain <laughs> Yeah. Although, um, although Lando really tries. <laughs> so we, uh, I, I just, if we yeah. could just, if the listeners could write in, I'd be curious if anybody else is with Brian on this, because I this film is sort of universally loved from what I understand, but let us know on Facebook or email or whatever. If you also don't like the Hitcher and what your complaints about it are, because I'm sort of in shock to have for the first time ever had somebody give me a negative review of this movie. (laughs) Uh, did anybody ever see the remake? Uh, I did once when it was new. Yeah. I think I, I, like, rented the remake, watched it, and went, yeah, right, and then I went out and bought this one on DVD, like, very shortly thereafter. (laughs) Yeah, I think I blocked it out, because I'm pretty sure I saw it when it came out, and I cannot remember a fucking thing about the remake. I I know they recreated the truck scene. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it doesn't have Rutger Hauer in it, so... (laughs) Right. So it can't be good. Yeah, no, but I mean, imagine another actor trying to do the things oh, yeah, that totally. Howard did. In this it instantly, film. it instantly drops down to at least the quality of Duel. <laughs> All right, how dare you? I'm just gonna keep saying that because I know how much people fucking love Duel, and I just I don't give a shit. <laughs> but you do give a shit. You just want you, your version of giving a shit is wanting others to be unhappy. That's what you care about. <laughs> it's not. A... I just like I just like getting people's hackles up. And then I want to hug them and smooth their hackles. You're not welcome to hug me, so just so we're clear. <laughs> well, since Noah can't be trusted, Doug, do you want to tell us about Nighthawks? <laughs> uh, that doesn't seem fair at all. Um, <sighs> Nighthawks opens up with... Uh, we're flipping back and forth between Europe, where Rutger Hauer is a terrorist, and uh, New York City, where... Sylvester Stallone and uh, Lando Calrissian are what are they? they I forget what the term they use themselves but they're like undercover cops who just like they dress up as old ladies and walk around bad neighborhoods till they get mugged and shit they call them street <laughs> cops at some point yeah so there's another term they use I mean essentially they they go out there and they act as bait to convince criminals to come after them then arrest the criminals I was gonna uh, say that first that very first scene if you watch this movie and you don't think that that's coming back around sometime later in this movie, <laughs> you need to just quit watching films in general because you cannot read into foreshadowing at all. You mean, you mean Chekhov's Rocky and Drag? Is that, is that what that is? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we foreshadow that Rocky can dress in drag just so that we can later have him come back in drag. Um, yeah, anyways, so those guys, when the uh, things go wrong for Rutger Hauer's criminal character so he leaves Europe for New York the authorities know he's coming so they put together a squad of cops naturally the two cops we've been following are uh, added to that squad 
They're not happy about it. They are not happy about it because they want to keep doing that. I think Stallone just really likes his character. <laughs> his character's motivation seems to be that he really likes dressing up as a uh, in costumes <laughs> because it's revealed that like his wife left him because he's still doing this job and he's like well I gotta keep dressed up in costumes to catch criminals so I can't do anything else and then he's like super upset when they're like do you want to like join this international team and track down this world renowned terrorist and he like you would think every cop in every cop movie would be super excited for that opportunity but not him he yells at like, Joe Spinell nobody yells at Joe Spinell he's like no I gotta get back to the streets <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, essentially they're all they're on a collision course for each other. They come close a few times. Um, for some reason, Stallone's character and Rutger Hauer's character start to take things very, very personally, but they don't actually write any scenes into the movie to explain why they start to take it so personally. Uh, oh, they did. They almost came close that one time, and so, yeah, so he right. instantly goes crazy and yeah, I, it's really weird. So there's um, a big cli- there's a big climax where they're all gonna yeah. they're gonna fight it out, and Stallone gets to dress up in his costume one more time and <laughs> shoot Rutger Hauer. So one of the interesting things about this movie turns out two uh, two sort of alpha males like Rutger Hauer and Sylvester Stallone uh, didn't get didn't get along very well on the set of this movie. Oh really? That's weird. Imagine that. I don't know. Neither of those guys seems to have much of an ego. So, <laughs> uh, so apparently the first scene that Rugger Hauer had to film was his death scene. Um, and he got actually got injured twice. Uh, in one instance, uh, one of his squibs was on the wrong side, and it gave him a pretty severe burn. Okay. And then in the other, there's a cable that was supposed to yank him back after he got shot to simulate, you know, that he got shot, like, really bad and, like, flew backwards. Yeah. Uh, and they pulled him too hard. And he found he found out afterwards that Sylvester Stallone had told them to pull, to, to like, you know, give some extra stank on it. And apparently Howard was super pissed and told Stallone he would break his balls if he ever did anything like that again. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I bet he could too. I wonder. No, I've got to wonder what Stallone's motivation there is. Is he just? I just want to look even tougher on films and pull him harder. Well, it would turn out something happened in post that uh, Stallone ended up being uh, sort of in charge of the editing, and he felt that Rugger Howard's character was overshadowing the film quote-unquote the film which would mean him okay so he actually edited out a lot of Rutger Hauer's better scenes which then got rid of a lot of story points which is why it seems like they're just randomly fighting each other apparently there was a lot of story beats that were lost because of the okay chopping that Stallone did to make himself look better See, this actually makes sense to me because there's a whole little mini subplot where Stallone's character doesn't want to like kill people. He basically wants to scale back the the level of violence that they're using, and he's being told like this is a terrorism team. You're going to have to learn to take the shot, and there might be collateral damage, but you know this isn't 
some mugger on the street. This is a guy that's going to blow up buildings and kill thousands of people if you don't stop him kind of thing. And that's a whole subplot that doesn't really play out at all. Because there is no... I mean, the climax when Sloan finally shoots him, it's not a scene where there's potential for um, collateral damage or anything like that, so it doesn't really make any sense. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot of Sloan-centric stuff, so you... I guess he probably insisted that that be left in just for the sake of him getting the screen time and then maybe the Howard stuff is where it would have explained why Rudger Howard's character starts taking taking it so personal taking this group making this grudge yeah. seem to be between the two of them maybe maybe that would also explain why Rudger Howard's terrorist character is the most chill nonsensical terrorist of all time <laughs> Like, he doesn't seem to have any type of political ideation. He's just a terrorist because, like, he wants to be a good terrorist, which well, doesn't he, make any fucking sense. The, the explanation we're given in film is that he's basically a terrorist for hire, and he'll join any of these causes for the sake of the paycheck. And when he comes to New York, because of the way things went wrong in Europe, he's basically trying to just commit a terrorist attack as a, like, an infomercial for his terrorist abilities. He wants to let everyone know, look, I can still pull this stuff off, so he'll get hired by the next group. Which is a very strange thing. I don't think that that type of terrorist exists in the real world. Like, I don't think anybody's gonna like take a bunch of... He ends up taking a bunch of like UN members hostage, mm-hmm. and the fact that he does that for no purpose other than to convince people to hire him for the next job, it seems like a little far-fetched to me. Uh, so apparently Stallone also did his own stunts for that uh, cable car scene. Okay. And by, and by stunts, I mean he was on the wire and they hoisted him up or whatever. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> now he says that uh, he really didn't feel comfortable doing it because he's really apparently got a fear of heights. Okay. But, you know, he wanted to like prove himself or whatever. And he said it was one of the stupidest things he could he did because... So he's on, like, the cable or whatever, and they're, like, hoisting him up to the bottom of the cable car. And the thing was, he was wearing, like, a harness that was attached to that cable. Yeah. And he had a, a folding knife in his hand, like a folded knife in his hand, because the idea was that if the cable broke and he fell into the water... Uh, let's see, how did they... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was asked to hold a folding Gerber knife in my left hand, so if the cable were to snap and I survived the 230-foot-tall fall into the East River with its ice-cold 8-mile-an-hour current, I could cut myself free from the harness because the cable, when stretched out, weighed more than 300 pounds. So basically they told him, like, look, if the cable snaps, you got to cut yourself out of your harness after you fall 230 feet into the water. Or it'll just drag you to the bottom of the river. Yeah, that doesn't seem like something Sylvester Sloan should be doing himself. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a relatively simple stunt to, to see on screen. He just gets hoisted up and hoisted back down. But yeah. that it's also something that you have to shoot from a distance because he's way up there in the sky, so you <laughs> can just have anybody that's approximately his size in there. Yeah. <laughs> just so weird. Can can we all agree on one thing? 
that mm-hmm. Saturday Night Fever Stallone as a leading man is not a fucking good idea. <laughs> he is he is a weird looking dude, and with his extra hair he had, he looks like shitty disco Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I it was nineteen eighty one. People dressed and voluntarily wore their hair like that. Uh, people put beards down low on the neck like that for some reason instead of having them up on the top part of your face. No one's really sure why. <laughs> but if you're gonna watch movies from the past, you just have to accept, you know, in the 40s and 50s, for some reason, everybody wore a suit at all times. I don't know why. When they made the Frankenstein monster, they even put him in one. So if you can live with that, then when you get to the late 70s and the early 80s, you're gonna have to live with plaid pants for some reason. I don't know why. I'm just saying, with the talent, <laughs> with the talent readily available, they could have switched Billy D into the uh, the main <laughs> character and put Stallone in the side character which I know he would never fucking allow but that's just because he's a piece of shit sometimes but <laughs> that would have it, it would have been a better movie he's I don't know St- Stallone's probably the worst part of this movie and and I'm not saying he's awful but he's the worst part I don't have any issues with him at all like I say if anything I would say performance wise I think Billy D is the one that has trouble keeping up Really? See, I think he yeah. did a good job. I thought the only thing is weird is him trying to play the uh, the the unhinged partner character is a little <laughs> weird. Just trying to see Lando be mean just comes off odd. Yeah, and that's where I I think he wasn't able to pull that off. Like I think Stallone did a decent enough job of playing the more like. Like, when he has that turn where he clearly, like, starts to get super angry at Rutger Hauer's character and starts to take everything personal, I think you you see it in him. Like, you see that performance. Um, and I, ju- I just... I feel like with Billy D. Williams, like, he wasn't... He was kind of playing with the lighthearted sidekick throughout most of the beginning. And then when it's time for him to, like... Like, when he calls Stallone's character out for not taking the shot and... All, and almost inevitably killing an old woman on the subway. He doesn't... I don't believe him, basically. And he's not... It's not terrible. Like, I'm not... I don't... I didn't come here to criticize Lando Calrissian. I came here to talk (laughs) politely about Stallone. But it's... You know, I just... uh, I I don't think he's as strong in the role as he could be, and I think he's maybe just a bit miscast as... Did you guys... I don't feel like he gets enough to do. That's an issue. Did you see that sweet Superman shirt, though? Oh, yeah. yeah why, does he wear, why does he wear a Superman shirt for half I, the movie? I don't know, but it's it's kind of fucking awesome, because it just at the time period that this movie was made, that would not have been a common no. occurrence. You don't think so? 1981, right after the movie came out? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't recall seeing a lot of people wearing superhero gear even then. It's certainly yeah. not like an adult and a cop wearing a superhero shirt to work. I feel like that didn't happen before about 2014 or something. Hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, according were, to an were you... inter- oh, go, oh, ahead. Go, go ahead. Let's say according to an interview in Premiere, Rucker Hauer was told before filming that Sylvester Stallone ran up building stairwells for exercise. 
And he thought that was kind of funny because apparently during the subway chase, Rugger Hauer continually outran him <laughs> in like every scene. It's funny. I was I was gonna say, were you guys impressed by the fact that in the the weird uh, disco cop scene that they managed to find an awful lot of Rudger Hauer impersonators? <laughs> yeah, I was like sitting there. I was like, Jesus, they really did find like eight dudes that look a whole lot like Rudger Hauer. <laughs> <laughs> The whole thing is kind of funny, too. You just got to suspend your disbelief for a moment and be like, so these two cops who have never met this guy before are going off of pictures, and they literally... It's its implied that he's had some sort of plastic surgery done to change his appearance, but they're still able to just find him in a nightclub by just going and looking around. Right. The Wolfgar, the Wolfgar presented at the beginning of the movie versus what Rudger Hauer looks like at that point are very different <laughs> well he combs his hair different he shaves his beard it's not that different I was I was gonna say he's it's hard to recognize him once you slap that beard and stuff on him oh yeah and like even, a lot of even, people even I was bit. confused for a minute because I was like wait Rigger Howard's supposed to be the bad guy in this movie. <laughs> I do like the part where they imply that the plastic surgeon's gonna do something to his jawline and then it's like oh that's why he's got a beard because then when you shave it you can just we can all just pretend his jawline looks different now because they're not really changing your jawline much with the 1980s movie makeup so Um, so apparently this was all originally supposed to be the French Connection 3 and it would have been Gene Hackman and Richard Pryor playing those roles that's a very different movie (laughs) yeah but Apparently Gene Hackman didn't want to do it, so they just set it aside, and then they just took the main, the main plot and made it its own movie. It seems like you could almost edit this to be any two well-known New York cops could just get pulled off whatever they're doing and mm-hmm. stuck on this team, and from that point it becomes pretty, pretty much any anyone could have stepped in. Yeah. Yeah. Like this could have been a Lethal Weapon movie if it had come out years later, and you just nah, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah. Uh, so it says among the scenes which were deleted from the original cut of the movie was most of the scenes between Sylvester Stallone and Lindsay Wagner, uh, Rucker Hauer, and Persis Kambata. I'm guessing his lady friend. Yeah, yeah, that see that would have helped fill in some shit. Yeah, like why why was she there and how did she get there and who was she? Those those yeah. types of questions could have used an answer. Yeah, there was like one throwaway line of who she was during the briefing, and that wasn't yeah. even that, that good of an explanation. And I think the only reason why Sylvester Stallone didn't make him cut that is because you need it in order for his little uh, shtick with the recorder to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, see more scenes explaining the plot better and many other scenes because Universal wanted the fast paced action movie and then a lot of the graphic and gory scenes due to the concern that the movie would get an X rating which even after cutting it they still got it an X rating anyway for violence so they still had to edit it down that's weird that makes it seem like it'd be an X rated movie now I kind of want to see a director's cut yeah, 
I because I, I I like the movie and I think I my complaints seems like are a result of the editing that happened at the end. Mm-hmm. It seems like everything I wanted like there'd be more more Rudger Hauer scenes and more violence would both be things that I would want to see more of in this movie. Yeah, apparently Rudger Hauer's death scene was edited way down. Like apparently okay. he was supposed to get shot six times, but only got shot twice. And the last shot was supposed to hit him in the head. Hmm. Were there more scenes of him hiding giant boxes full of grenades in girls' apartments and then <laughs> just stumbling across them when they were trying to get dressed? <laughs> That's probably my favorite moment in this whole movie is when she finds that crate and it's like, well, I know what's in there. And we've gotten the line of dialogue that he likes to meet women and use their places to stash stuff. It just never occurred to me that he was just putting a giant crate full of grenades in her closet and hoping she wouldn't notice. <laughs> I mean, he didn't even put a lock on it. No. Well, at that point, what's the? why would you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess, what did everybody think of this movie? We've kind of been talking about the stuff in the movie, but... Noah, what did you think of this movie? Uh, it's okay. It's got a little bit of a flow problem to it like I feel like uh, I, I don't know I don't know how this makes sense but I feel like if it was a longer movie and they left yeah. the stuff in explaining things that I would be less bored which is usually the reverse <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean Yeah, I felt like I got bored just because it felt like it was going from thing to thing to thing to thing and like a third of this movie for some reason is just close-ups of Sylvester Stallone's face. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. What about you, Doug? Yeah, um... I liked it. I do, like I do, like I say, I thought in the middle they spent too much time on sort of subplots that didn't matter and not enough time setting up the conflict between the two main characters. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would have preferred that. I think it has the potential to be a great movie if they'd done a better job. Because, like I say, I was I like both characters. I like their both performances. Um, so the idea of these two guys on a collision course with one another and gradually getting angrier and angrier at each other is really cool. I just don't think they put enough time into that. It sort of felt like I definitely could feel that they had edited it to speed it up and, and to get the pacing going but I just don't understand why they chose to leave in what they left in and it sounds like they had other stuff they could have left in instead so yeah. but yeah it was pretty good yeah that's about where I'm at like I enjoyed it for the most part but hearing all the stuff that was taken out and the fact that essentially Stallone felt that Rugger Howard was too good so we had to take a bunch of his stuff out uh, like I would love to see like a director's cut or something yeah like I think there's a like there's a really good movie here I just don't think that they managed to pull that best movie out of there the, mm-hmm. uh, you know it didn't quite reach its potential yeah and one of the things that had to go on for it for me was dirty gross 80s New York which yeah. I absolutely love oh yeah <laughs> and we didn't get nearly enough of that that those opening scenes where they're just going through like 
the, going through and like the first one is where Stallone's dressed up as an old lady just walking the streets waiting <laughs> to get mugged and you're like oh yeah in the 80s you could just be an old lady and if you walk down the street long enough you'd eventually get mugged <laughs> and you could just arrest the guys for it like that's I, I fucking love that and they just go through a couple of those and you're like that's great and that opening scene where uh, then you have that like the contradictory thing it's just Rudger Hauer blowing up that girl that just works at like a fucking the beauty counter at a, at a department store and you just oh, yeah. to talk to her and kick a bomb under her counter like those moments at the beginning I was like right into it so yeah I, I don't know yeah. I, I, I'm glad I watched this one I don't think it, it had ever occurred to me to watch this before I'd heard the title before but I knew nothing about it so mm-hmm. I was sort of the same way. I didn't realize Billy D. Williams was in it until, like, we were gearing up to watch it. I didn't even know Rutger Hauer was in it until you put it on this list. <laughs> Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MN Drive-In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Do you have a piece of feedback? I forgot to have it pulled up. So, yeah, fuck it, it's going to take too long. I'll pull it up on my phone. Alright, quick piece of feedback. Uh, Noah's buddy Riku. Raccoon! There you go, I was waiting for that. So I'm really glad you guys covered Blind Fury. It was a VHS I wore out as a kid. By the way, the ending of the movie is a reference to Zatoichi, where most of these movies end with the main character, Ichi, moving on to another town. Uh, if you haven't watched any of these movies, I believe they're all on YouTube. Personally, I like them a lot, but you have to be in the mood for them. Have a good show, Riku. Yeah, I've never seen any of those Zatoichi yeah. films. Have you guys? No. Uh, uh, I've I've seen a couple. I tend to be uh, more into uh, punchy, kicky kung fu than uh, swordsman samurai kung fu. Okay. If that makes sense. Sure. They're kind of two different things. No, I just see what you're saying there, and I don't. Yeah. Again, kung fu movies have never been my thing, so. Hmm. Uh, has anybody watched anything this week? No, did you got anything to talk about? Uh, I finished up the boys. Oh, as did I. Okay. Uh, and then I actually sat down and uh, I got digital copies and read a couple of the trades because mm-hmm. I'd never read that comic book, so I was like, all right. Man, that's different. Way different. Yeah. They changed the shit out of that. And both so, are really good. <laughs> so I've got uh, Comixology, and they had a sale of 60% off. So I picked up, they had the two Omnibus for sale for $10 each. Mm-hmm. So I just bought both of those. I haven't had a chance to read them yet, though. I'll tell you what, Butcher butcher Baker Candlestick Maker, it's like the uh, the fourth or fifth trade or something like that mm-hmm. is uh, Butcher's origin story where that's that's basically the way the trades do. The trades like 
take one character and keep going back and explaining them and mm-hmm. and uh as fucked up as what happened in the show is uh in the comic book it's about 10 times more fucked up <laughs> interesting uh, I was kind of blown away. I was like, holy shit, I can't believe they didn't do this in the show, because that would traumatize people. (laughs) Uh, um, So, from what I've gathered from last week and this week, uh, I think all three of us are big fans of the show. Yeah. That seems reasonable. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was... It was a lot of fun, and I posted posted on Facebook because I'm trying to catch up with uh, Supergirl before the new season starts, so I can be all caught up when the seems to be like an amazing crossover event, Crisis on Infinite Earths, is going to happen here in December. Yeah. Holy, yeah. holy fuck! How much are they spending on those episodes? I have no idea, but I can't wait. Um, and I posted going. Going from the tone of the boys to the aw shucks tone of like Supergirl was a big tonal shift. Yeah, I don't. Again, I I kind of hinted at this last week, but I, I don't think the boys should be compared to other superhero <laughs> shows. It's just too different. <laughs> no, I mean like, maybe maybe you could kind of compare it to the tech, maybe. Yeah, I haven't seen the tick, so and I've heard I've heard other people actually say that, but uh, I don't know, man. When I don't think even Zack Snyder doesn't put scenes where Superman lets a whole bunch of people die just because it would be bad marketing to save a few of them, and those ones would tell about how <laughs> other people died. So we'll let them all die and pretend we were never here. <laughs> how fucking sick is that? Yeah, it's pretty jacked up. It, and because oh. because the whole thing was completely 100% his fault yeah oh yeah like <sighs> yeah like all, oh, again he could have saved like half the people on the plane but no <laughs> yeah I think I think the thing that chapped my ass the most about the series and this is actually probably a good complaint I had been paused at episode 8 for like a week before I got to sit down and I was like alright I'm gonna finish up this series real fast and of course I watched episode 8 and it was the last episode and I was like what the fuck <laughs> fucking 8 episode series that's some bullshit 12 12 minimum they fucking it tells you if you want like you go on prime you can check how many episodes there are before you start so you don't have those kinds of shocks I'll look at that shit <laughs> what did you think of that ending uh, it's it's pretty good. It's not uh like I said that the reveal the re- the the reveal of what happened to Butcher's wife in the comic books is so much more fucked up than that. Yeah. Well. Okay. So, I guess spoiler alert for people listening at home. But I think it's interesting you said the reveal of what happened to his wife I suspect in season 2 the reveal is going to be it's not what happened to his wife but what his wife did because we don't see what happens behind that closed door and I suspect that the uh, 
I don't. I don't think there was a rape that happened. Is what I'm getting at. I think yeah. that we're going to find out next season that that was a consensual relationship. And I. I don't know because after reading the comic book, I know something about one of the characters that might change some of the things that you think are going on in the series. But I don't know. I mean, I can't comment on anything that was on the comic book. I'm only going off what I saw in right. that show. Hmm. Right. But, but I, 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 sus- I suspect we're going to find out that that's a consensual thing, and that's going to turn our hero into a villain real quick. Because if this whole thing was about him avenging a rape that never happened, <laughs> like he, he's basically saying, my wife was raped, and then she was either murdered or she killed herself. And at the end, we find out she's still alive, and if the reveal comes that she was never raped next season... It's going to be like, wait, so you have been murdering superheroes because your wife cheated on you? That's not good motivation. You're no longer the good guy, Billy Butcher. Oh, Butcher Butcher is not a good guy. Well, he's, he's never he's never a good guy, but he's right. The... Oh, I'm I'm just saying he's worse. He's worse than you think he is. <laughs> it it just gets worse. I'm sure he will. But I mean, you're, do you you're mind insinuating that he knows though that she was still alive? Uh, well, no, because like I said, it's completely different. Do, do you care if well, I spoil I was, what happens in the was, comic book? Well, don't spoil Cause, it because I'm going to read it. Yeah, I was getting ready to say because it's fucked. It's a it's it's completely different. It's not remotely close to that. Well, I was yeah, asking, I was asking so, Doug. He's he makes it seem like he knew she was still alive, was still killing superheroes because she was cheating on him. No, no. What I'm saying is that if this whole thing was because he made assumptions. And those assumptions were inaccurate. Yeah, uh, it, it, I think it changes the perspective quite a bit. So I don't. I'm not, I, from what I'm hearing here and elsewhere, is that the comics are very different. So whether that happened in the comics or not, I don't think is relevant. I, I still think it's what's going to coming based on what I've seen in the show. Well, like I said, it it depends on one thing. It depends on if they're doing the same thing with one of the characters that they did in the comic book. But I, there's no way to fucking know because, like I said, they changed so much stuff that it could be something yeah. completely different. I think I know what you're referencing from YouTube videos I've watched and stuff, and I don't know if that's coming in the show or not. So, yeah, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm excited that it got it got renewed for season two, and from what I've read, apparently this was like a huge debut for an Amazon original. So uh, everybody is fucking watching this, and everybody is loving it. It's weird. Well, you know what the fuck? It was one of those ones. I wasn't too excited about it. I'd heard a few things about it, and then I'd seen a trailer for it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that looks interesting. I'll watch that." And then I sat down, and like three episodes in, I'm like, "Ah, this is fucking great!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was kind of the same way. Like, I was, I just saw some trailers, and went, "Oh yeah, that looks good. I'll watch that." And then I was just hooked right away. I think I got completely hooked. It was the fist fight at the end of episode one that got me hooked when he's fighting the invisible superhero and he spits his own blood all over the guy so that he can see where he is <laughs> I'm like that's fantastic and that was, that just, that's just what got me going like yeah I gotta I gotta see the rest of this see where they go with it I think, I think it's either episode four or five that got me I can't remember 
Well, four it's had the laser hospital. babies. Oh yeah, yeah, laser baby. <laughs> I wish laser baby hadn't been spoiled in the trailer. That's that's a, that's true. <laughs> I, that moment I think could have been great, but I, since I knew it was coming, I wasn't as caught up in it when I watched the show. But I almost want to watch the show again already. See, I didn't even remember it in the trailer, but it was people posting hashtag laser babies on Facebook that I sort of was like, oh, okay, that's what this is. Yeah. Yeah, laser laser baby is is so fucking... It's... it's Even compared to... The, the fucked up thing is there's so much other fucked up stuff that they do, and for some reason, that particular act of using something innocent for something awful, you know what I mean? Just like, you're like, Jesus, fuck. Well, because there's... I guess the reason it doesn't get to me as much is because it's mildly humorous as well. Similar to how murdering a superhero with with diamond skin by shoving a bomb up his ass and having it explode is like, it's dark, but it's also funny. So I kind of thought... and. You know, laser babies are the same category. I'm like, those are the lighthearted moments by the show's standards. Right. I mean, uh, uh, when uh, Popclaw uh, mushes the guy. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's, that one's pretty extreme, too. You're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> There's some other weirdness, too. So, like, Popclaw, as far as I've seen in the comic books, I haven't come across that character. And there's like two or three other characters that are mentioned in passing in the show that are a bigger part of the comic book. Mm-hmm. That maybe maybe they'll bring him in next season. Like they, they mention uh, at the support group, they mention Tech Knight. Mm-hmm. And Tech Knight is like... Uh, uh, the boys' version of Batman, but he's the one. He doesn't actually have any superpowers. He's just a pure technology superhero. From what I've read, it seems like I heard they combined a couple characters together, or at least took the stories and just gave it to one specific character rather than have the same things happen to multiple. They did characters. some weird things that. They made uh they made the deep a bigger part because some of the side stuff with the deep is actually stuff with Homelander. Mm-hmm. Like in in the comics, uh, Homelander's the one that forces uh, Starlight to blow him on her first day. That seems about right. Yeah, in which I actually think that's kind of worse because could you could you imagine? <laughs> Getting quid pro quoed by Superman, <laughs> like <laughs> that would fucking ruin you. <laughs> but anyways, the boys. If you guys haven't watched it, you better watch that shit. Yeah. Into that first season leaves you hanging a little bit. I'm not sure if I appreciate that, but Noah's not a fan of cliffhangers. I fucking, I fucking hate them. I wish they just stop, stop the cliffhanger bullshit. They know I'm yeah. going to watch season two. They don't need to hang us on. <laughs> uh, then I finally finished up Jessica Jones. Okay. Uh-huh. As did I. In which 
It's all right. I like the fact that it kind of uh, it's got a real clean ending on it. Yeah. So I appreciate that. I, I don't know if they changed the ending because they knew it was last season or not, but yeah, yeah I don't either. Do. But because I mean, once again, that's it's a good one because it's a clean ending in that. You could have another season if you wanted to, but it doesn't leave anything up in the air. Mm-hmm. So the show can just end there and everyone can be happy. It was nice to see uh, Luke Cage make a tiny little pop in there toward the end. Right. That's a spoiler. I haven't seen that part yet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not really a spoiler. It's, it doesn't no, really affect it, anything. It's not really surprising either, so... But yeah, so yeah, it had some good parts. I like the serial killer guy. I thought he was interesting and creepy as fuck. Like I, like I said, you should look up if if you you said you do have uh, the comic thing. Yeah, the the app. Just look up a couple fool killer comics, and just read like one, and you'll be so fucking confused and be like, how the fuck did they get from this character to that character? Because hmm. they have nothing to do with each other. Uh, so yeah, so that was good. Uh, and then I watched uh, Puppet Master three for some reason. Okay, <laughs> because it's a good Puppet Master. Right. I just but, but I don't know why I just watched three. I was like sitting there and doing something, and I couldn't decide what to watch. And I think my hand was literally just sitting on it, and I was like, "All right, <laughs> this <laughs> this this will minimize my." Happening to move my hand places. <laughs> uh, it's still really good. Uh, and then I rewatched uh, Hellboy for the tenth million time. Mm. It's still Is good. It not the new one. Not the new one. I haven't seen the new one yet. Yeah, me neither. I want not, to. Not really. Is, it, is it out yet? Is is it out on a? I think it's going straight to Amazon. Okay. I know it's out I'll on watch digital, it. but yeah, I'll, I'll watch it the second I can get to it. I mean, I, I meant to go see it in theater. I just got distracted. I have not heard good things at all. So I don't know. The things I hear people complaining about sound like weird, petty, dumb bullshit that I think that is just people bitching to bitch. But mm-hmm. we'll see. I don't know. My again, my whole point is it looks like it's a remake of the other one, but with a lesser director and a lesser actor, and I don't know why you'd want to do that. So, mm. um, I like Neil Marshall. From the sounds of it, he kind of got fucked on this movie by producers. So he's not as well suited to this property as, as Del Toro is. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you can buy or rent Hellboy on uh, on Amazon right now. Digitally, anyway. I don't know when the physical copy is supposed to come out. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll rent that this weekend. Oh. You have to let us know. Uh, did you watch anything else? Nope, that was it. All right. What did you watch, Doug? 
let's see. Well, last week I told you that my niece came over to watch Jaws, and then she yeah. fell asleep. So she came back, so we watched the second half of Jaws, but she fell asleep again. So then we watched the last quarter of Jaws. So I've seen that final fight between Brody and the shark three times in the last week. <laughs> and you know what? I enjoyed it every fucking time. So it's worth mentioning. I feel like my problem is Jaws gets stuck in my head really bad. And if I watch it more than once within a six-month period, I just wake up in the middle of the night like flailing, going, Smile, you son of a bitch! <laughs> like, <laughs> just over and over again, like, ah, my brain! Yeah, yeah. I agree with everything you just said. I just would use a different tone. You're saying it like it's a negative thing, and that's not how I view that. <laughs> if I'm if I'm if I'm busy experiencing the real world, and suddenly my mind drifts to Jaws, that just makes me smile. And people walk by and be like, "Why are you smiling?" And it's like thinking about a shark eating a guy right now. And I prefer that to kind of talking to you. So, and people don't <laughs> like it when you say that to them. By the way, <laughs> have you ever seen the uh, exploitation cut? No, I want to. Yeah, someone like re-edited it and gave it like a groovy, like grindhousey sort of soundtrack. Yeah, and then uh, edited it to make it a little bit more of like an exploitation movie. Yeah, I actually really want to see that, that means they just randomly edited in tits. I hope uh, so. I think there's some of that. They made uh, the water a lot more red every time the shark like kills somebody. And the one thing I remember is, so there's the shot of, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Brody on the beach and he's like looking out at the ocean or whatever. And he kind of turns his head to like stare at it. Well, in this version, they've, they re-edited the scene. So there's like a really hot woman in a bikini, like (laughs) another section uh, of the movie where they just took like a crowd shot. And then, like, made it look like he was checking her out for like part of the part of that scene. So I don't know. It's just it's. I haven't watched the whole thing. I have it on a burned DVD around here somewhere, but it's kind of fun. Yeah. I actually found a store that was advertising. They were selling copies of it, and I'm like, well, I want to see that, and I feel like it's something I should own. So if I ever make it to that store, I'll buy it. And then I haven't yet. So no. But yeah, what are these days? <laughs> Did you get around to uh, Jaws two? No, we'll see. It's almost the weekend again, <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> um, you know what? You no, know, I did do though. I did sit down with a ten year old and watch. <laughs> she was struggling because she wanted to watch either a Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the Thirteenth, and she couldn't decide. So I just handed her Freddy versus Jason and waited to see what however she reacted. <laughs> so I got to sit down and watch that. Um, I said, it, it gives you enough of the backstory. You'll understand what's going on. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Freddy versus Jason, it it actually holds up. It's pretty much the same movie that it was when it came out. I don't think, I think it's aged pretty well, whereas I think some people, I was worried rewatching it for the first time in a few years that I'd be like, things would seem cheesier, but they don't. It definitely has a lot of that early 2000s acting style in it. That sort of post-scream acting, where I'm like, I could, I could do with, either go with 
bad acting from the 80s or good acting from today there's that middle ground where it was like famous people that didn't really act that much but nothing you could do it's the era it was made in yeah yeah I remember even at the time being like some of the language in this I'm not sure if I'm a big fan of yeah and it everything from that era is that way yeah right so it's it, it just is what it is it's not not a whole lot you can do about it uh what else did I watch unless you guys want to have a long discussion with Freddy versus Jason if you guys have any comments but <laughs> um yeah another thing I watched I watched American History X which I hadn't seen in a long time and man is it ever relevant today <laughs> <laughs> get a lot of commentary in there about how people think the racism is stemming from economic anxiety but it's really just this deep seated racism that comes to the forefront as people get angrier um, yeah <laughs> so like, oh shit this movie makes, makes way too much sense for me to be uh, watching it uh, yeah, I'm literally like, oh, when this came out, I don't think all that made sense to me at the time. But now I'm just like, yeah, I see exactly what they're saying here, and yeah, it's happening like all over the place, and it's weird. Um, but yeah, it's a really, really well-made movie. The performances are outstanding. Even Ed Furlong is really good in it. Um, no, the uh, the the hiding your your um, fucking excuses to be a piece of shit behind ideology. Yeah, there's that element of it too. It's yeah, it nails society in a lot of ways. That I'm just like, I, I never really thought of it in the terms of the way this film puts it out. But then now that I see it, I'm like, oh yeah, that is what's happening all day, every day, all around us mostly all around you guys um so yeah but like the the performances are really good I'm really surprised I forgot Stacy Keach plays like the head white supremacist in this and he's really good um like I guess he's so good that I didn't remember it being him I remembered it being some other actor and this guy like Ethan Suppley plays a major role and he's like just a guy who I just think of as this like goofy funny guy but he plays a Nazi in this and he does a good job so I don't I don't know how they got these performances out of all these different actors but they, it, it's really well put together mm. albeit depressing <laughs> yeah so mm. um the only other thing I watched slightly more upbeat tone <laughs> uh <laughs> I finally got around to watching Alien Covenant, which is oh, the, yeah. the, the sequel last to Alien movie. Is, yeah, maybe may the last ever, because it apparently didn't do so well at the box office. Um, but I was literally like flipping through Facebook one day, and it was one of those like crack.com things that was like movies that trick, tricked you into watching them. And it said like, you know, Alien Covenant... You know, sold itself as this good does this horror movie, but it turns out it's just a dumb slash slasher in outer space. And I'm like, dumb slasher in outer space. That sounds great. I want to watch that. It turns out I kind of got tricked because it's not. That. <laughs> I was going to um, say that the article just tricked you into watching it. 
<laughs> it tricked me into watching it by telling me not to watch it. Bastards. Um, have you guys seen it? Yeah, I don't remember a single thing about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was okay. Um, I th- like plotline-wise, basically, a ship is a, a colonial ship, like trapped taking colonists to a new planet. Something goes wrong. They stumble across the planet from Prometheus, find uh, David, the the robot from Prometheus, and some xenomorphs are still living on it. Doesn't work well when you put people on there with xenomorphs. Um, you can kind of predict how it's all going to turn out. Turns out David's the bad guy, but we should have known that coming in based on mm. my vague memories of Prometheus that I didn't rewatch. Um, yeah, I thought it was all it was okay. Like compared to Prometheus, it did a much better job of just being like an action horror movie. Um, definitely, Ridley Scott suffers from. George Lucas disease where now that he has access to CGI and stuff he does a lot of just unnecessary things that in my opinion make the movie feel less real and therefore take you out of it and make all the horror not work as well um like an easy example to point to is there's a point where like a ship has landed and they're taking off and as they're taking off a xenomorph like jumps onto it you're like, okay, so now they've got to have somebody go out there and like try to shoot the thing off, and you're like, okay, that's a normal action scene that I would expect to see in an alien movie. But then they start having, like, they bump into buildings and shit as they're taking off, and I'm just like, that's just... That's just nobody saying no in the in the, in the the room where somebody goes like, oh, maybe we could have this thing go wrong, and then this thing go wrong. and it's, You need somebody to go, oh, calm it down. Take your two best ideas of the ten you just yelled out and just do those too and that way it won't feel so ridiculous and over the top and that mm. seems to be the problem with CGI is that these directors are doing all of their ideas now um, so I found that and I found even just like the, the CGI xenomorphs felt less tangible than the real ones from the original Alien so none of the horror elements of it really worked mm. um they did a pretty good job when they end up back on their main spaceship. They did a pretty good job of kind of recreating the look of the original alien. It's uh, meant to be set however many years before it. So everything is kind of, it's kind of like the same world, but everything's a little cleaner. And I think they did a good job of that. But yeah. And there is a twist at the end, which is on the one hand completely predictable and on the other hand completely stupid that was just a little bit frustrating in the moment I'm just like oh I see what they're doing here but it's not making sense the way they're doing it and I, I don't know if you guys if we should spoil it yeah, I'll spoil it it's an old movie I don't even remember what it was so it's a, basically like because there's two there's two androids that look the same they're both Michael Fassbender mm-hmm. and we get back we get back to the ship and at the last moment you realize that the, the bad guy one is the one that's on the ship and thought it was the good guy one this whole time but the the reason the twist is annoying is not that, that yeah that's an interesting little twist because it sets them up for at the last minute when the remaining humans are going back into their, their sleep pod things for the remainder of the journey they're realizing that they're leaving the ship in the hands of this guy who wants to destroy the human race which is an interesting fun horror movie twist ending the problem is that 
that character has been acting very heroically for about the 10 minutes leading up to that and you're just like but now we have to believe he did all of those things just for this twist ending like it's like he wouldn't have done all that he wouldn't have saved all these people's lives and helped kill these xenomorphs if he wasn't actually the real character he his plan would have worked if he had just let them die so why didn't he just do that mm-hmm. and it's i don't know it's mm-hmm. annoying and like i say it's it's a pretty predictable twist like uh i don't know but you know a lot of the stuff a lot of the stuff was fun to watch i thought the movie was okay and there's a couple of different versions of the xenomorphs that you get to see that are kind of it's fun to see them sort of in different stages of their evolution so yeah i i thought it was okay yeah. some of the cgi wasn't great either and that that's unforgivable to me in a movie like this like your cgi needs to be top notch yeah and I don't know, maybe it's better if you saw it in 3D or if you saw it in HD or whatever because I streamed it through my Netflix and I got rid of the HD option on Netflix, so mm. but, yeah yeah, that's about what I remember too, I remember thinking, oh, it's okay yeah, like, I remember I think people were like shitting all over it, and I'm just like eh, you know, I wouldn't even go like that far, like it was I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. And maybe that's even worse than hating it, but it's just... is what it is. Well, my whole thing when I came out of Prometheus, I found a lot of people were just trashing it. And I I, kind of ended up having to defend it in most of the conversations I was having. Not because I loved the movie, but just because I felt like people were being too hard on it. And now here we are several years out, and I'm just like, yeah, I have no like I was gonna rewatch that before I watched this one and I'm like no I'm not gonna like I don't I don't really remember all the details but I didn't like it enough to justify it to justify ever seeing it again which is not good right yeah so it's kind of one of those things where I'm like I wish I wish it was either so terrible that I would hate it and remember why I hated it or good enough that I'm willing to sit through it again when you hit that middle ground, sometimes that's more annoying than anything else. Yeah, I remember liking Prometheus. I haven't watched it in a while. Um, I just remember people being pissed off because it wasn't an alien movie, which they flat out said like multiple times that it was just yeah. set in the alien universe and maybe had some tenuous connections to Alien, but it wasn't an alien movie. And I feel like that's what people got like super pissed off about. And then yeah. I feel like for Alien Covenant, they're like, okay, well, we got to go back to alien stuff. And then they did, and then people are like, no, it's bullshit. And I was like, well, what the fuck do you want? God damn it. Yeah, like I think if Prometheus had not been marketed as being part of the alien universe, mm-hmm. and if it had been, if, it, if you could have somehow not had people know it was an alien thing until theaters, I think that would have gone over much better like if, if the reveal at the end was this that xenomorph at, at the very end of that movie i think that would have been huge yeah. kind of like what happened with um with split right when yeah. it was revealed that split was a sequel to unbreakable and you're like holy shit yeah it's too bad so yeah yeah anyways it's kind of just 
I, I love that first Alien movie so much. Was, when Ridley Scott came back, I was hoping we'd get another just solid horror movie installment in that franchise, and it looks like we're never going to get that. No. Unfortunately, I think that's long past. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, that's all I got around to watching this week, so if you want to let us know what you saw. Uh, um, well, I had some people over, including Noah, and we watched uh, two uh, back-to-school movies, um, meaning they took place in some sort of educational institute. Uh, <laughs> the first one uh, is the movie Pieces, which takes place yep. at a college. Um, pretty much nobody but me and Noah had seen it. Uh, Wes was there. Wes had seen it too. So at least like half of the people there had not seen it before. And, uh, they had a great time watching it. Lots of laughing, lots of just having fun with it and like just enjoying all of its ridiculousness. It's always, it's it's always a good news when you show somebody pieces and they react by laughing. Instead of being like, what the fuck? <laughs> Those are the only two acceptable responses. Yeah. Yeah, I really like Pieces. I've only seen it like a couple times, but I, it's a good one. Well, it's funny. The day before, my wife was talking about, you know, the people coming over and stuff. And I'm like, so are you going to like watch the movies or like you and another friend of ours was going to come over like are you guys going to hang out somewhere else like what's sort of your plan and she's like no I want to watch Pieces I always hear like everybody because she likes horror movies so she's always like everybody's always like oh Pieces Pieces is really good Pieces blah 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 and she's like I've never seen it so I want to watch it everybody always says it's really good is it really good and I just had to look at her and be like well what I consider really good and what you consider really good are two completely opposite things. <laughs> so I cannot predict how you're gonna how you're gonna feel about this movie. I think she ended up she never really told me, but I think it's just yeah, chalk this one up to just being a ridiculous movie that was probably best watched with a big group of people. Um then we followed that one up with uh Slaughter High. Um, which it also turns out most of the people in the room had never seen before. Uh, and same thing. Everybody's had a blast with it. Just when the two people go to have sex on the bed and then he turns on the electricity and it electrocutes both of them. Like people were just like laughing so hard. They're almost falling over. So yeah, it was all around just, just a good time. Everybody enjoyed themselves to two back to school slasher movies. Yeah, I'm going to have to rewatch that one. Oh, I kept, I, yeah, I kept nodding off in the middle. <laughs> hey, you missed out. I know. It was really good. All of it that I saw, I really liked. <laughs> it's just I would blink and fall unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was like 10 o'clock by then, so we're way past Noah's bedtime. Yeah, I'm an old man. Um, other than that, uh, I watched The Boys, which we already talked about, and then I watched uh, season two of The Sinner, which uh, is a USA show. First season had uh, Bill Pullman investigating uh, 
uh, Jessica Biel just going crazy at a like a community beach and stabbed a dude to death. Um, so the whole point of it was like, yeah, she was there with her family, her her kid and her husband, and then uh, she saw another dude there who was kind of you know having uh, having fun with another girl, like tickling her or something, you know, just general horseplay. And she grabbed the knife that she was cutting up her kid's apple with and just walked over and just started stabbing him to death. And she had no recollection why the urge just came over. She had no clue. And so then they start, like, investigating this and going through all the layers and everything and just trying to figure out, like, what was going on. And, uh, you know, mystery starts unfolding, secrets come out, that kind of show. Uh, it was only supposed to be one season, but it did so well. They picked up another one that basically followed Bill Pullman's detective character to another another uh, another case scenario, whatever you want to call it. And uh, the show opens with this like twelve year old kid is on this car ride with these people. They stop at a motel. Um, you could tell there's something a little off, but we don't know what it is. And then when the adults wake up the next morning, he brings them some tea from the, uh, I don't know what you call it, like the the luncheonette area in the office of the motel. And they both drink it, and they both end up uh, dying horribly. You get to see one woman basically have a death seizure, which was pretty fucked up. Uh, so then it begins, like, why did this kid... Uh, poison these two uh, what's going on uh, again just peel back the layers and twists and turns and whatever else for the most part I enjoyed it I feel like it did not uh, stick the ending at all there was definitely sort of uh, just feel like it, the ending it's just sort of like eh that's kind of a, not necessarily a cop out but it just was not satisfactory wasn't horrible but the ending didn't do anything for me here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future uh so next week the plan is to do two Rutger Hauer movies the flying virus and omega doom both sort of two sci-fi entries in Rugger Hauer's uh, oeuvre. And Noah, you said you had never even heard of these movies? Uh, these are two I have not seen. Mm. Omega Doom I don't think I'd ever heard of, which is weird because it sounds right up my alley. So <laughs> It does. That's why I was surprised. So the tricky thing is finding a copy of Omega Doom to watch because it's not readily available. So we may have to do a switcheroo, at which point next week we'll tell you which movie we actually ended up watching. But We'll see. Any other exciting plans before next episode? Nope. Taking the dog to the dog park. <laughs> exciting lives that we lead. Right. Take it, taking the dog to the dog park so the dog can just lay there and not do anything. 
Oh, did we lose Doug? Maybe. Something went wrong, and I don't know how to rejoin. <laughs> uh, let's see. Can I add him to this call? Start call? Nope. Shit. So, by calling you, I just hung up on Noah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something went wrong with my internet, I don't know what. Is there a way I can just... Oh, here we go. Add to call. Noah. Add. It's still recording. That's good. This will be nice and awkward for everybody. Oh, come on, Noah. Join in. He's probably still sitting in the other call, not even knowing what's going on. Well, I can see how that would be confusing for him. <laughs> yeah. It was very strange. I was just going to add you in and I hit call and then it just kicked me out of the other one. Oh, well. Weird. So we were just wrapping up and uh, talking about what we're going to do this week. Uh, any exciting plans? For this coming week? Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to think of something to talk about to, to just... end the show and didn't really have anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, do I, I I don't know. I I book tomorrow off work, so I have a long weekend, but I have nothing planned for it. Uh, <laughs> I just uh, don't like going to work. I don't either. I should have done that, but the good thing is I'll have my office to myself tomorrow, so I won't have to deal with anybody. That's pretty good. Yeah. I don't, my uh, my boss has taken the week off too. He emailed me to tell me he was taking the week off at one eighteen this afternoon. He's, he's like, I'm going to be leaving soon, and I'll be gone all of next week. And at one twenty two, I replied, and I got his auto reply back, implying that he'd already <laughs> left the office. <laughs> so, all right, I guess he doesn't give a shit what I think about him going away. <laughs> You're like score. I was fine with it. Alright, well Noah's not answering, so fuck him. And I guess I guess this is how the show's ending. This is how the show's ending? With not every not everybody on the call because <laughs> a moose got tangled up in your internet again. Yeah, did we at least announce what's going on next week? Uh we did. Okay. The Omega Doom was really hard to find. And then we'll be talking about the flying virus, aka killer buzz. Alright. So like it's that. over now? Yeah, it's over. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.